Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. I feel like I can't hear myself, so it makes me worry that I don't have audio. No, your audio is great on my end. Oh, all right, sweet. You're flying into the greens on the the mixer. Okay, all right. So I just can't hear myself. Cool. You can't um, at all? No, I don't hear myself talking, really. Huh. Very little, but it's okay. Okay. I'll be fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> our quote of the day, our identity is who we are when we are not thinking about who we are. It's the actions we take unconsciously. Ooh, that was a quick drop off. I know. I, pr- I, pr- I pressed the, it's so funny. I usually don't press. I was like, the, ah! I usually don't press the like music thing, the button on the music thing. And I tried it that time and I was like, nope. Yep, that, that didn't work. it too fast. Okay, next time we know. <laughs> now we, we know. know better, you get better. Okay, our identity is who we are when we are not thinking about who we are. It's the actions we take unconsciously. All right, that's from Anthony Trucks, our guest today. You know, I've always loved the idea of, you know, like who you are or your character is what you are when no one's looking. Right. It's kind of the same thing, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're not, yeah, overthinking it, you're just doing. Yeah. Yeah. What up, Heel Squad? We're back. Today we're going to be chatting with uh, Anthony Trucks, 
about learning how to make shift happen in our lives, how we can discover our hidden superpowers and unleash our full potential. Um, I met Anthony that weekend in Napa, that weekend in Napa, where I met a whole slew of amazing humans, and he is one of them. So I'm really excited to share him with you guys today. Um, And I think we're just going to get right to it. What do you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Anthony Trucks is a former NFL athlete, American Ninja Warrior, international speaker, host of the Awe Shift podcast, and the founder of Identity Shift Coaching. He uses cutting-edge science and psychology to upgrade how you operate so you can elevate your life and your business to reach your full potential. After big... After being given away in a foster care at three years old, being adopted into an all-white family at 14, losing his NFL career to injury and more, he learned how to shift at a very young age. And now his life mission is teaching others how to make shift happen in their lives. I love the word shift. I really learned how to shift a lot after brain surgery. And so shift was like my favorite word after I'm like, just a few shifts, just shift. So Anthony's going to teach us how to shift today. Anthony, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Um, So you had to learn at an early age, whether the word was adjust quickly or shift. I don't Mm. know if there's a a real difference, but you will know. Um, Tell me how, how you learned how to shift so you know, at such a young age, but then also, um, it's kind of the, the force behind so much of what you do. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I don't think I learned it back then. I think I experienced it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I, I think there's a difference between experience and, uh, and wisdom, which is a difference is just learning. And so I don't think I learned from it till far too late. However, I did execute shifts like mm-hmm. all of us do at different times. It just took me a lot more time, a lot more pain, a lot more energy than it needed to. Uh, but I think a lot of it boils down to just, I, I chose to survive in the moments. I think that's what some of the survival aspects that lead into it. Cause in the survival, you navigate these shifts and all of a sudden you come out in the back end and go, Oh, something changed, something shifted. And so uh, for me, yeah, had many of them at many different ages, the first ones being at a young age in foster care. Yeah. I think that's kind of the idea, right? Like you don't even realize you're doing it, but you're doing it. But like later you start to kind of think hindsight. Yeah. Yeah. That's the wisdom part. So, um, your first shift was foster care. You said, well, the first, yeah, well, I would say the first one was at 15 years old. So I was in foster care at three. I bounced around from house to house. I was putting shopping carts and pushed down hills. I was putting chicken coops and forced to chase chickens to earn meals and hold up, go slow with that shit. That's crazy. Wait, you were put in chicken coops. Well, they want, so at the time in 1986, this was, I'm what's considered a paycheck, which means I'm a foster kid. As long as I don't die in the house, they get a paycheck. So really <sighs> heinous people were part of the system. I was like, at one point I was forced to lick the bottom of people's shoes till my tongue bled, like really heinous stuff. Wait, Anthony, I don't believe you. I believe you, but I don't believe you. What the, what are you saying right now? This is real? Yeah. People suck, man. I was pushed out of a car one time at an intersection by one of my foster dads because I was late to kindergarten to the bus. Yeah, people people do some weird stuff, man. It, it took a lot of years to navigate that kind of trauma and disdain and anger for humanity. But yeah, and the thing is, when you're in foster care, you tell people these things when you're a kid. And most of the kids in foster care, there's an assumption that if I'm bad enough, they'll send me back to my house. So we're trying to find ways to make stories up. Well, the reality was like, I didn't make stories up. This is really going on. But when you hear that, you're like, no way. This kid wants to go home. 
but no, I definitely remember all of it like crystal clear. So it was, uh, yeah. So the first part of my shift was I went into like six years old. This is all before six, but I went into these moments and I pretty much like felt like it was normal CFIS to happen. So that's the first part. And I carried that because we carry these things. And when you've been hurt, you want to hurt. So I was just the angry, bottled up, emotional kid. But at six years old, I got put into my home, which is my current home. The difference and unique part is I was the only black person, all white, really poor family. So the first shift took place when I got adopted at 14 and tried to play football for the first time, realized I sucked, gave up because I'm like, it's too hard because we do. We try things. We're not good. And we're like, I'm going to try something else. And at one point, a moment kind of woke me up. And I was like, no, no, I want to find a way to be great. And I tried to be great at football. And I went through a really interesting kind of growth period and then came out on the back end, a whole different person and a different player. I love the shift of, yeah, I thought I sucked, but I, I want to actually get great at this. Did you look mm-hmm. at that as your kind of way out of all of this maybe? Well, not back then. I think the thing was, there was this desire internally to stop feeling the feels of I suck yeah, or being at the beck and call like a leaf in the wind of the world. And so my mom had been diagnosed, my adoptive mom had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I'm one of six in the family. My older brother is my rocks. He's off in the military and I'm floating. And there was this girl in a class, Mr. Howell's English class. We're in a back corner and like, she doesn't know I'm listening. I'm like halfway passed out and she's talking to somebody else. And she says, well, the reason I'm so bad is because I'm in foster care to that girl. And at face value, it's like, oh, okay, it's no big deal. But to me, It was a gift because she was able to say out loud the excuse that I had accepted as to why I wasn't going to be great. And it sounded bad. And it was really like, a oh, I don't want to feel like that or say that. And I went home and a little 15 year old kid looked himself in the eyes, pupils, like dead serious. I remember all parts of this moment. I'm like, you're going to be great. Like if you'd been watching, it'd been like, what's this little kid doing? Like, hey, you're going to be great. Like weird to probably watch. But that was it. And it was this anchoring of like, all right, I'm going to try something because I was I would realize this. If I do something, if I give effort, there's no guarantee I have success. However, if I do nothing, I guarantee. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. I don't. So why not try? And that was the catalyst at the beginning of it all. Wow. Wait, so your first foster family was at six. And then that didn't work out or, or you, well, I, was in, I was in six families. My sixth house is my family now. So okay. between three years, five houses, and then that's the third year end of it landed in this current family, which it's weird to say that because my family, but it's like, when you go to that moment, but yeah, it was at six years old, I entered this family. So at six years old, you entered your, your true family, like Forever the one family. that you consider your real family. Yes. And so you're telling me 
that there was a family that made you lick the bottom of shoes before the age of six? Yeah. I mean, first of all, never acceptable, obviously. I'm not trying to say that after six, it was acceptable. A little baby, like a little pure, beautiful baby. Yeah. Put me in carts. I mean, like they used to put me in a cart and push me down the hill. It was the same family, the, the, the cart and the shoe thing, same family, Doris's family back in, uh, in Bay Point, California. And yeah, they, like they pushed me down. And like there's a cart that would go into traffic. Like there was a street with cars going by. They'd let it loose. And like when you hit the curb, thankfully I didn't get hit by a car, you go flying out and it hurts. And they just, they grab you and force you back in. Very torturous. I used to get beat in that family if I wet the bed. And I would wet the bed because I was deathly afraid of them and in the middle of the night. And so like anytime I, I peed the bed, like, uh, yeah, it was bad. So I just had a lot of, it's, here's the thing though. It was so normal to me. It didn't feel abnormal. You know, like I think you, you wouldn't, when that's your developmental years, that's all you can know. Like you're like, oh, this must be how life is. And so it wasn't until after in right, you know, kind of recollection those moments. I'm like, damn, these people really were heinous people. How did you get past that? Did you do like trauma work? I didn't, I didn't think I did for a lot of years. I thought it was no, no big deal. But then I looked back and, and when my mom like brought some things up, I remember I used to go when I was in the, my, my current family, I used to go to this place and sit and play with toys and talk to a lady. Now I don't remember what we talked about. I do remember the place. I, I, I found out later that was like the therapy I'd go to, but I was like a bad act out emotionally distraught little kid. And like, those are the times where I definitely went and talked to people, but probably not past elementary school, if anything. But I'm sure that moment in time helped kind of stabilize me a little bit and not totally go crazy off the rails. Because I didn't know until later, like in my 30s, that if you go to any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids. What? Yeah. Three fourths. Yeah, it's nuts. That's dead serious. I'm not even joking with that. Half are homeless population because kids age out of the system and the, the families leave them. My, my younger brother, when he turned 18, the family just left him and they went to New Mexico, left him high and dry because they weren't going to paycheck anymore. I think less than 1% of us graduate from college because we're just not set up to get these helps or whatever it is. So it's a really interesting situation. The foster care world needs a lot of help. Yeah, clearly. Wow. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating, rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Do you know, is Doris still around? I don't know. You've never Uh, looked for her? You know, it's fine. I never looked for her specifically, but I did at one point, probably three years ago, go driving around the neighborhood. Really weird feeling because I knew where it was at. I could tell you this day where the address and everything at. I remember the church I used to go sit at for the bus stop. Uh, but no, I never did. I, I, and the thing was, I didn't go looking until after I had like healed the wound of it all, which was 
that probably like my early thirties. So I was like, I'm, I feel like I can go there and not like cry. Anthony, where did you say this is in California? Yeah. The San Francisco Bay area. Great. I was born That's in not too far from me. Can we take a ride there someday? I'd love to meet Doris. Yeah, I would too. Huh? I don't think she's there anymore. I know the house and everything. But oh, we got to find her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything bad, but I will just a nice conversation. I'd love to get to know what, what could possibly be in that head. I mean, we know that hurt people hurt people. So obviously she's got something in her past that would, I mean, yeah. there's stuff that's totally wrong in there. Yeah. Um, but that's I, a thing, this is not it, going to be okay for me for a long time. Like I really fucking, that's so upsetting. Yeah, it sucks. And I, I you know, it's funny over the years, we all have moments in time where I think people, you just find out they're horrible people. And one of the things that's given me some kind of like, reprieve from the desire to like have retribution is the aspect of sometimes people like that, the, the best that you can do for revenge will call it is let them continue to live their life because yeah. their life, everybody's life's a mirror to how they, how they give things out. And so I'm like, man, if I couldn't dish out the kind of punishment, the world can, if you continue to operate like that. So I live in a space of, of peace, knowing that I probably will never see what took place. But if you keep operating like she did back then, like there's no way you get through life unscathed. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. A hundred percent. They get that. Plus, 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 plus. Well, and so you obviously are luckily not one of those, um, unfortunate like statistics that you were mentioning before, you know, you went on to play in the NFL. You went on to become an American Ninja Warrior. Um, yeah. You've done some really cool stuff in your life. So, I mean, obviously, I think we always have uh, an easier time learning from someone who has gone through it and come out the other side. So let's talk about kind of, um, you know, what what got you to the place where you knew this was your work? Hmm. accident, right? <laughs> what do they say? Uh, the world provides a plan and sometimes we mess it up. I think there was this like random statement I came up with a couple days ago and I said, I don't want to mess up the plan for my plan. I don't want to mess up the plan for my plan? Yes. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> well, I, I'm a big believer that life has a really cool thing set out for all of us and we mess it up. Yeah. Whether it's fear or, you know, uh, maybe reluctance to try something or apprehension, whatever it is, I feel like we just kind of step in and we let things pass us by. So I, I always had this thought of like my life post, you know, getting adopted, I get to play in the bonus rounds. Like you ever play video games and you beat the round and like there's bonus, get all the ducks you want, you know, or get the rings from Sonic the Hedgehog. I was like, well, life kind of like, is that that when a lot of us get past a certain headache point? So I'm like, well, everything from here on is all bonus. I've passed the level I'm not supposed to be. So I'm in a bonus round. So I've been doing that since I was 15, I think. Like when I got adopted, played football, and started moving forward. So I think the progression of me in my my life moving forward has just been a matter of trying things out and figuring them all out and having fun seeing what life is past what I think it is. And so there's this this kind of thought where I'm like, man, at the end of the day, I want to mess up the plan. So I got to this work by going, okay, let me live life. And I'm just, you know, Life was a crazy even past that. I, I got to college, had a kid at 20 years old, met my real dad in college, my very first collegiate start, national television. I got this game ball. You can kind of see on the day I met my real dad. Um, progressed a couple of years, got a chance to play in the NFL. Third year got hurt because NFL stands for not for long. It's like you get in, you get hurt. <laughs> oh my you get God. Out. Yeah, that's a weird. And I, I have a lot of random cool stories. I, we don't have enough time to go over them all. But then I get home post the game. 
And I had a massive crisis, an identity crisis. And a lot of us, like, we don't know we're going through it, but we are. And while football and, you know, in the military are very clear cut aspects of when you have a big crisis of who you are, it happens if I leave a job, start a business, leave a relationship, the dog passes away, whatever. When something is normal to me and I wake up one day, it's no longer part of my life. I feel a hole. And so for me, I came home from football. I had this kid, my high school sweetheart. We had two more kids and I lost my sense of self. And so I started neglecting them. And I had a business I was building, wasn't doing great. And so next thing you know, I'm divorced. Uh, my kids have no present father because I'm out trying to build this business. The business is all of it, everything tumbling down. I'm out of shape and I got suicidal. Like I was like, I don't want to live here. Like if this is life after the game, I'm cool. And I went into a long fog for a few years, just ups and downs and trying to just honestly surviving, we'll call it. And it got to a point where it was April 14th, 2015. And uh, my mom passed away from MS. She had been diagnosed 17 years prior. And it was that moment where I was realizing like, I'm living in a 500 square foot studio apartment with my kids on an air mattress next to my bed after the NFL. Like this is not a good world or good life. And so I made really two distinct promises to mom. First promise was I'm gonna fix my life. Cause this isn't what she didn't do all she did to love me past that crazy. Cause she's humongously the reason as to why I wasn't a statistic. She loved me past the, the walls, the emotion not letting people in. Mm. So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to do right by I'm gonna fix my life. And when I do, I literally told her like, I'm going to do for the world, what you did to me. I'm going to unconditionally love in some way. At this time, I knew the gym business. That's what I was running. So I got my life back in order and started figuring things out. In fact, I divorced my wife three years later, we got remarried have an amazing marriage. Now we're five years deep in a remarriage. Uh, and then from there, I was like, cool, I got that dialed. My kids are a present father. So like now it's time to serve the world. But I just, all I knew was the gym, my little tucked away town. And I happened across uh, an event called Experts Academy by our friend, Brendan Burchard. And I came and just sat in a seat as a random human, I had no idea the world existed of sharing your message and like writing books and speaking. And here's this guy jumping around on stage. Like you could do this. I'm like, really? So I started sharing the story, which was really hard at first, because typically a six foot two, 230 pound black man played linebacker in the NFL. We don't share our feelings. That's not what I'm taught to do. But the more I did it, the more I realized that the rest of the world needed it. And so I could finally actually make good on promise number two. And so I've been doing that since about 2014 now of trying to find a way to actually get the message out. Cause my mom passed away April 15th, 2014, like in that same year, I think April and then June is when I happened across his work. All of a sudden it opened up a whole door and I walked through it. Wow. So you're sharing your message and, and helping people with your story. Um, do you feel like, like we were talking about this earlier with Kelsey, like, you know, and you just said kind of like something about the plan, but like you think you have a plan and then God shows you the real plan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you, mm -hmm. do you look back now at your time in the NFL? All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Which, by the way, God bless you. You were like, I suck at this, but I'm going to get great at this. And then you make it to the biggest of bigs. You get to the big leagues. Do you look back now and say, oh, yes, it was painful, but it led me to my purpose? Oh, very much so. I, You know, it's funny is when you go through the middle of like craziness, you just try to focus on craziness. How do I navigate this crazy? It's like a, it's like walking around with your head down all day long. And we just like, why do I keep bumping into this, this craziness? And then later on at some point, it makes itself clear of like, why? Because there is, I believe there's an uncanny aspect of my humanity. And I, I spend time and thought to figure out like, how am I, how I am? Because in my family, my adoptive family, I'm one of six, only one to graduate with a, with a bachelor, not a bachelor, but a, a diploma, not do continuation or GED. Only one of my immediate family, even my cousins, my aunts to actually go to college. Uh, I beat the odds of the sticks of foster care. Uh, I beat the odds of the NFL and sports. I sold my first business after 10 years. Like I've been a lot of odds. And for me, I look at it and go, there's no way it's an accident. There are many times that God showed up in my life and I, I couldn't even explain how like six different times in my gym business over seven years, I needed to make like $2,000 on a specific day or I can't pay payroll. And every single time someone came in and paid in full. No idea. Every it's every time I was like, there's no way it's an accident. I say all that to say that I look back on it and go, the only reason that this human exists is because God put me through stuff that forced me to have to figure it out and positions that give me some kind of a pedestal to be able to share it. And then he gave me the heart, the compassion, the ability to communicate in a way to put it out into the world. So I walk in this really weird bubble of I'm a, a black guy who grew up in a, a white family who played sports, but isn't just an athlete who doesn't mind sharing it all and experiences more than he probably should because life is crazy. So I'm like, there's no way that that concoction was accidental. So I look at all that. I have no idea what else in the world I am better suited to do than this, because not only am I set up to do it, I do it well. I absolutely get filled up by pouring out. Mm. Like I love this. I love sharing, talking, teaching. Cause I get these cool messages. I'm like, Holy crap. There's nothing. I can't think of anything better. Like football pales in comparison to the, the joy I get from what I get to do now. Yeah, for sure. I, I had to figure out at some point, um, that the things that have gone on in my life have gone on for a reason so that I could figure them out and then help other people figure it out. And that oh. every time I was in like a dark place, I would be like, all right, Marie, you got to figure this shit out. And mm-hmm. my motivation was more for everybody else than even myself sometimes because I started to see the pattern and I was like, okay, it would be the way that I would motivate myself to kind of get through. Like, you're going to be able to help other people through this. Just, just figure it out. Just hang in. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Really um, good. I, you know, the funny thing is I never had that mentality until like 20, probably like 2014. I was like, just, I'm going to get my stuff done, get my stuff right. And then it was actually a buddy of mine, Richie Beltram who like after one of my nights, I had one night where I was like, I drove off and I sent a text to my friends and family and said, please tell my kids that her father was like, I was done. And, uh, and thankfully the time of the night when it was going on, there was nothing open. So I could find any like rat poison I was looking for and parked my car and just the feeling subsided. I'll say the next day, 
Richie comes in and goes, first off, never do that again. Like I'll, I'll knock you out. Second, he goes, I feel like I, uh, I threw up. He says, I feel like I lost a hero. I was like, what in the world are you talking about? Like I played high school football with this guy. I'm like, you lost a hero. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, at the end of the day, people in this community, we know what you've endured and what you've gone through. And we saw where you've come to. You inspire a lot of people without even realizing it. And it was interesting because it was the first time that someone had planted a seed of like, maybe there's something in this. And that's the moment in time when I started thinking like, maybe there's something I could do to give back to the world through this. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of worth too. He threw at you real fast. Oh, more than I knew. Yeah. Yeah. I needed that. I definitely needed that in a different right. way, but he's like an alpha. He's like a police officer, alpha dude. Like, you know, Hey bro, you know, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> but it, the way it came, like it needed to be, it needed to land the way it did. Yeah, for sure. So you wrote this book, the identity shift upgrade, how you operate to elevate your life. So what are the steps that people can take to yeah. make shift happen in their life. Make shift happen. I love that. Such a good saying, isn't it? Oh, yeah. it's so cool. Uh, Cause you know, at the end of the day, everybody has their own thing they want to create. And you don't have that feeling of like, I made that happen when like you make a sandwich. It needs to be something that's like huge and expressive where you pinch yourself and go, is it real? And I realized that that doesn't happen unless you're choosing to become the person who experiences that right there. There are these things we want. And I realized that I've never seen someone have something that, that they didn't, I guess, deserve to have, right? You don't have the marriage unless you become the person of being that great marriage. You don't have the business unless you've done the things to become the person that can build a great business. Like these things don't get you know, thrown at your doorstep accidentally. So in that realization, it's like, all right, well, how do I become that person? That's what I did. When I was in that funky place, I became the guy who could be better in a marriage. So my marriage got back together, be a better dad. So I have kids that have a dad, run a better business, all these things, get in better shape. And so the process I looked at was like, I want to go back through my life and see where does this congruency happen? Was there a golden thread through things I did for football and college and NFL and sports ninja warrior, right? And I found that there's like these three simple steps. You follow these three steps and you apply them. There's a lot of depth to them, but at 50,000 feet looking down, you can really get it. Step one is C. Most of us do not see ourselves properly. There's this statement I love, and it says it's hard to see the label when you are inside of the jar. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We just kind of walk around and we, and so we're doing our thing in life and we're not realizing where we are hindering things. It's like, we're, we're walking around with blinders on kicking things over. And it's like, you just don't see who you are. So the first part is really deep self-awareness that sometimes takes outside people to give you insight. Mm -hmm. so that's the first part. <laughs> but once I, once I see that, I go, okay, oh, okay, cool. And here's the cool thing. If I've seen this, I can kind of like unhitch the trailer and I can go faster. So then you get to see a different, more hopeful, desirable future. Because this, if this is removed, oh, maybe I could do that, build that, create that, be with that person, right? So it opens up that. But then we go, okay, great, sounds good. But, then, but that's not who I am. I'm not that person, right? It seems out of character. And the funny thing is we deem out of character to be this bad thing. Oh, don't act out of character. What are you doing? But if Bob, the neighbor, is mean and one day goes, hey, kids, how are you doing? Like, come play on the yard. I don't mind. Like, he's nice. That's super out of character, Bob, but it's in a good direction. So why is that a character always bad? So I realized we're all trying. We're trying to do and have more. We're trying to be out of character. But when met with the moment, we go, oh, I don't want to do that. So the shift is the second part. See and then shift. Shift is twofold. One is, who am I going to shift into? Nobody thinks about the things I do. I'm going to become somebody. They hear that, but they don't think about who they're going to become. They just do things. And they're like, oh, I guess who I am years later. And it's like, I don't like me. So midlife crisis takes place. Or I realize like, I, I got this job, but I hate this life. You know, no one thinks about it. So it's like, okay, who do you want to become that has what you want to have? 
lay that out there. Then what you do is go back and go, okay, great. What are the actions that if I took them consistently, I could internally identify with that person? Simple example would be, I want to be a mom someday. Great. Well, you kind of have to do things to become a mom, right? So it builds up. Part of it's having a kid. The second part is like, I got to change diapers and I got to love on the kid and, you know, clean their boo-boos up and take them to school. Like there's actions you do. And at some point you start saying like, no, I'm a mom. Before those moments, the actions, you don't feel that way. You want to do that. So the same thing applies to anything. You want to start a podcast, do a show. I'm sure when you first started, you're like, I don't know, but I'm going to try. Right. But you build in, you build in. And all of a sudden you're incredible. Like you are what you do. And that's the progression of where if somebody says, oh, you don't know anything about TV show. Let's hold on a second. Like, you know what I'm saying? It would step up different. And it's because of what you did. Now, a lot of us, we do end up being at a certain place, but most of us, it takes longer and farther because we don't think about before we're going to become. So those two for shift. The last part, the part that people miss, because we're good at planning and vision boards and dreaming, but here's the, the kicker of what changed. It's the sustain phase. It's, can you create a disciplined system to stay in that groove towards that identity without having it all run on emotion. Because if I stay in an emotional state and it's only driven off emotion, one day I won't feel like doing that thing. Mm. The thing doesn't get done. I tuck away. And not only that, the reverse, because I didn't do it, I get an opposite emotion of you suck. You can't even complete this. It's self-deprecating. It sucks. The idea is how can I create a system in my life to where I'm not based off how I feel I have certain things to do. And then what I do is if I have those things, I may not like them, but find ways to enjoy them. And I fall. No worries. Sorry about that. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> I'll fall in love with the day and not just the destination. And if I can get you to fall in love with the day from the actions that you are supposed to do to go to the identity you want to, because you've seen the work, somehow all of a sudden, it's kind of like being at a coffee shop. What's it say? Coffee shop. I got a phone. I'm at the coffee shop. I know I got to do work right now. But what I do is I'm on the, I'm on the phone. I'm scrolling. I go, no, no, no. I got to work. I put the phone down. And I sit there for a moment. Go, Let me focus on work. The first five minutes are like kind of like painful. I'm trying to like focus on focus, but I want to do something else. But after a while, <sighs> drowns out. And I pop up like two hours later. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Everything's done. Emails are written, the thing's done. Like, oh my gosh, it's all good. You kind of float into that space. The same thing happens when you sustain over time towards a new identity. You'll start working towards something. All of a sudden, show's done. The body's in better shape. The relationship's fixed. Like, holy crap, it's done. And I look back and go, man, I feel like a whole different person. Like, I'll literally tell people, I go, well, how do you know you made a shift, Aunt? I go, do me a favor. Try to get back into the headspace of who you were when you were unsuccessful. 
if you can't, you made a shift. If you, mm. if you like, I, I don't know, I used to think different. I used to do different things. I don't even, what was wrong with me back there? Like that conversation, that's when you know, like I've done it. And that takes a seeing, a shifting and a sustaining. Mm. Kelsey, there was something you mentioned to me that I can't remember right now about oh. using your friends. Oh, I remember. Tell, tell us because so I want him to explain it. When Anthony and I were chatting, I was asking him how we discover our superpowers because he talks a lot mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? How do we do that? So then Anthony, you told me the coolest thing about yeah. asking our friends. I'll let you elaborate, but I love it. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So the, I did Ninja Warrior and I found out that well, I want to like, I want to train to do ninja work. Cause I'm really big compared to these guys. They're like, you know, five foot eight, you know, they're like 160 pounds. I'm like six, two, two I'm like, I'm not supposed to hang on this stuff. So I asked the guys, how do I get prepared and do better? They said, well, train your grip. I said, well, how they said, well, train a finger. So which one they go guess. I said, index dumb. No, your pinky finger. Cause it's the weakest. Like, yeah. They, no, here's the thing. They, I found out you can look it up. If you cut off your pinky finger, you lose 50 plus percent of your grip strength. Wow. Amazing. Look, I'm dead serious. Google this if you want to. This, seriously. No wonder much... I have no grip strength. My pinkies are so little. <laughs> you need to work on your pinky strength. <laughs> I feel like my pinkies are so little and they're so lame. <laughs> well, that's the thing though. That's crazy. So, uh, the thing is, essentially the most insignificant part of your hand is actually the strongest. Wow. So us as humans, I find the most insignificant thing to us is typically our strongest. Problem is yeah. we don't focus on it. We don't pay attention. So she asked, so how do you figure it out? I said, well, Send your friends and whoever you want, your family say, hey, if you could extract one thing from me that you could plug into your life to improve your life, what would it be? Yeah. I had that moment when she first told me, I was like, I love that. I'm going to do that because I think, you know, we are all kind of conditioned to not value ourselves, not think much of ourselves. So we're not conceited. So then all of a sudden now anything you are is a blur because God forbid I embrace it. God forbid I, I own that I'm really good at something. And so I think that's like a big thing we all kind of struggle with. So to have that question answered, man, um, I think is so, so huge in kind of finding your way and also being able to embrace something like that. Such yeah, a great, great tool, I think. Yeah. It's, it's weird, uncomfortable in a good way though. Cause people like, first off, people go like, what was wrong with you? Are you okay? We'll ask that. <laughs> what are you asking me this? And secondly, you'll get answers that throw you in a good way though. Like you'll be like, I never thought about that. Cause mm-hmm. typically you're not paying attention to it. It's just what you do and it's normalcy. So no when you asked your friends, what did they say about you? Uh, a lot of my friends said that uh, I would love to take out like your ability to lean into risk with joy. Because I'll, I'll do things that scare most people with a smile on my face. Like, how could you be smiling? I'm like, because at the end of the day, I'm not going to die. I've had it way worse. And two, I'm going to learn something I don't even know I'm going to learn. That whole, you don't know what you don't know. Every time I've done something, I, I try to, but also people think I'm going in empty and blind. No, you have a whole life filled with tools and skill sets just haven't chosen to wield. So like, that's one of the things. Um, the other thing is like, I have a, a ability to forgive mm. like deeply. And most people are like, I wish I could forgive the way you forgive and move on. Like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, I don't know how I do it either. There's a logic way of how I think through forgiveness it actually mm. gives my brain a, a little bit of pause and ease, but yeah, the forgiveness is one part of it too. How do you forgive? How do you forgive Doris? Did you forgive Doris? Cause I haven't all forgiven her yet. Yeah. <laughs> Doris, all the other people, my, my mom, my, my dad, who, you know, was like, I didn't know who you were, didn't know you existed, and apologized when I first met him. And then nine years later, before he passed, I was like, I knew about you the whole time. People have stolen from me. I've had friends try to ruin my marriage. Like, a lot of stuff. Here's what I've come to find. 
the majority of everybody that I've, I look deeply at, like there's two things. One, they're never typically trying to maliciously hurt me in some way. They're trying to, to elevate themselves and, or simply serve themselves in the byproduct was my pain. So I'm like, man, these people, it's like, it's weird when you think about it. Cause like people, my, my mom didn't give me away and say, Hey, I'm going to put you out here so you can get you know beat up by these people and tortured. Like that wasn't her thing in her head. She's like, I can't take care of these kids. She thought she's probably doing something good for us, put them in a different home, but that there was the byproduct of that. So I was like, well, first off, if that's the thing, like, ah, it's hard to be mad at a person who didn't intend for your pain to take place. Secondly, I go, at the end of the day, like these people weren't given tools to be better. They didn't have the skill sets. They didn't have the, 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 the nothing, right? Like they didn't have what they, what they were supposed to have had in my head. So that's another part they were lacking. The third part of it made me go, well, man, if I would, didn't know them and I knew they needed help and they were doing things to kind of tear up the life around them, wouldn't there be some sort of compassion? Like it's almost like a compassion to where like, I wish that you didn't have to experience that because, well, now my dad missed out on an amazing man all his life. My mom has missed out on an amazing son, right? I, these guys, guys that have done me wrong, they've missed out on a great friend. Like mm-hmm. there's this, the person I've become to where I'm like, I don't have anger. I have just, I have a pity and a compassion for you. And so that's allowed me to step into life without the anger, without that pain and show up differently because I find the world is a, a definitive mirror to you. What you give out reflects back. If I go out and I, I'm yelling at people, I'm going to get yelled at, right? So I got to give out good stuff. And I find you can only give what you have inside. So if I choose to find a way to give myself more peace and find more compassion and passion, I give it out to the world. It reflects back. So my life is much better because my internals are much better. Wow. Anthony, you've given us a lot in a very short time. Um, Can we do this again? Whatever you want. Count me in. Um, Where are you? San Francisco Bay Area. Oh, you are? Okay, cool. Yeah, we have to do this again. Um, The book is called The Identity Shift Upgrade, How You Operate to Elevate Your Life. It is out now. We're going to link to it in the description. You can go to anthonytrucks.com for more and his Instagram at Anthony Trucks. All of this will be in the description of this episode. And we are going to have to do at least one more episode. (laughs) Hey, Heal Squad. We have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it. And we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.